You are listening to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast, where we talk real life, answer hard questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today, we are talking with Pastor Jeff Mose. Welcome to the Sunnybrook Unscripted Podcast. I'm Lydia Miller here with Pastor Jeff, or as I know him, Dad. Uh, And we are here back with you after a short little break uh, to jump into our new series entitled In God We Trust. Um, And this is a series I'm really excited for because it's taking a look um, at trusting God and what that really looks like. I feel like that's been something that has been maybe difficult for people who haven't really struggled with that as of late. Yeah, and I think going into 2022, I just think it's a good thing to start off with, hey, hey, what are we putting our trust in? And we look at the world around us, there's just a lot of craziness going on, especially with COVID, politically, racially, all of those kinds of things. I think it's a good time to say, where do we put our faith? Where do we put our trust? And it feels like in the last few years, it's been one of those things where it's maybe been easy for us to say that our trust is in God, but as things fall apart, you recognize maybe... Yeah, easy words to say, much more difficult to live out. Yeah, yep. Um, Well, I loved what you covered on Sunday and what you talked about. I felt like you dove into um, some big picture trust things that people have and a lot of questions we get, even questions we've um, had turned in from people here just talking about um, the big picture of trust in God and his sovereignty and his role um, in our lives right now. You told um, a story about your friend uh, Jim who recently passed, which I feel like brings up a lot of questions and thoughts and emotions. One of the biggest things I think um, when it comes to trusting God is trusting in eternity and in heaven and the promise uh, after this life. It feels like that's something that people often worry about or maybe struggle in terms of trust with. Yeah, greatly so. And I, again, I think it's an odd subject, yeah. but I think it's one people need to talk about, uh, especially with so many baby boomers nowadays getting mm-hmm. toward that time of life when we begin to say, hey, we're not going to be here forever. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a good thing to talk about. In fact, in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says this, wise people talk about death. Hmm. So they talk about it, they plan it, they, they give some thought to it. And I, I think it's critical we at least begin mm-hmm. to talk about it. We had some great conversations, Jim and I did. Again, uh, I told you a little bit about him uh, and the friendship that we had together. He had a, a brain tumor that took his life. Um, but we had a lot of opportunity to kind of plan, prepare, talk through. And people may remember Jim from our Easter testimony. If you were a part of our Easter services, Jim was the testimony that was shared then. Exactly, and, and he's not a member of Sunnybrook, uh, though they're very involved in the ministry here, him and his wife. Uh, but we've struck up a friendship for several years and just had an opportunity to go into some depth discussion that I, I think is relevant as we talk about the sovereignty of God, as we talk about trusting God. Mm-hmm. So as you look at the life of Jim and as you sat uh, with him a lot as he was kind of in his final days and just speaking to people who have maybe lost a loved one, um, what's some assurance that you can give them? Can we we know for sure that they're in heaven? Did they get into the presence of Jesus right away? Were they in pain? Were they alone? What does that process look like? Yeah, those are all good questions and ones I've dealt with with a lot of people. So I always say this to people, if they knew Christ is their Savior, Uh, The moment life in this earth ends, their spirit or their soul goes immediately home to be with the Lord. 
So they don't have to worry that that's going to happen maybe at a later date or down the road or somehow they've got to do more, pray more. But I know this from the truth of Scripture is that the moment we breathe our last here on the face of the earth, our spirit, our soul, that immaterial part of us that connects with God goes immediately into the presence of God. Uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith says this, that our souls of believers are at their death made perfect in holiness, received in the highest of heaven, while their body rests in the grave as in their bed. So there's a, there's a separation at the time of death between soul, spirit, and body. Our bodies rest in the grave until the second coming of Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 4 talks about that. When he comes again, there's a sense in which those who are dead in Christ will rise first the scripture says, and then our spirits and our bodies are reunited together. But I can look any, you know, widow uh, that has lost a loved one, kids that have lost a dad, and say, if they knew Christ as their Savior, right now, their spirit is enjoying the radiant presence of Almighty God. So you would, you know, the idea of the Catholic theology with purgatory and um praying and all the things that need to happen in order to get them into heaven after they die, you would say, theologically, you don't see that. Yeah, I would. And I want to be respectful <laughs> of all religions and different beliefs. But this is where we would be very divergent in our mm -hmm. opinion. Um, this idea of purgatory comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It talks about this fire that needs to be passed through in order to purify and, and get us ready for heaven. That's how they interpret it. But, but in reality, that really talks about the Bema judgment seat. It actually is talking about rewards in heaven. So yeah. what it's saying is, listen, everything we've done in this earth that is wood, hay, and stubble, things that don't have an eternal value are going to be burned up. But things that had an eternal value, they're called in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, gold and jewels and silver, those are going to be refined and then they'll follow us into heaven. Uh, again, it, it's referring not to the great white throne judgment, whether or not we get into heaven. It's actually referring to the beam of judgment seat, this idea of how rewards will sort of follow us in heaven. You know, Scripture talks about these five crowns uh, that we receive in heaven. Those are some of the rewards. But this beam of judgment seat actually comes from the idea of a Greek uh, Olympics that was done early on and this idea of you standing and, and receiving a medal or, mm -hmm. you know, in that day a wreath to kind of reward you for what has been done. And that's really what that passage is talking about in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's not talking about a purgatory, an intermediate state. It's actually talking about rewards in heaven. Mm -hmm. So again, we believe immediately upon death, your spirit goes into the presence of the Lord and then rewards follow thereafter. Mm -hmm. I just think about the peace, hopefully, just I know even in myself of hearing you talk about that, that can come if you've lost a loved one or you've lost someone, knowing that um, they're immediately in the presence of the Lord. But what about, um, I know we walked through this with someone we knew where you're not sure, you know, I don't know if they were necessarily a believer. What, what do you do with that question if you're asked that question? Yeah, those are difficult moments. They are. I mean, mm -hmm. I've obviously walked through a lot of funeral settings with people that weren't sure where their loved ones yeah. stood. And again, that's a difficult time. I, I, I certainly would say to everybody, you know, come to know Christ as Savior mm -hmm. now. Uh, make that public to your family, to people around you. Because I think one of the greatest difficulties for people is to live without the assurance of that. But in moments and times like that, I always say this, listen, we can never 
assure or take away the assurance of salvation of anybody. Mm -hmm. No person can do that. Mm -hmm. so, so there's a sense in which there's only two things that give us to the assurance of our salvation. One is the Word of God. Mm -hmm. uh, Bible speaks about that. Uh, that's one of the ways. The second way is through the testimony of the Spirit of God. Our spirit bears witness with your spirit that we are the children of God. So through either the Word of God or testimony of the Spirit, that's the only way you can assure a person of their salvation. Uh, I can't assure another person of their salvation, nor can I take away the assurance of their salvation. And I always say to people at that point in time that really this resides in the mind of God. Mm -hmm. at, at some point in time, we've just got to trust the character of God, mm -hmm. that He's a gracious, that He's a loving God. We don't know what took place in the final moments of their life. Maybe mm -hmm. they came to trust Christ as their Savior uh, right before they died on their deathbed. I, I've certainly seen that many a time. So, so at that point in time, I just want to trust them to the Lord, to His character, to His sovereignty over that mm -hmm. situation. Yep. I know that um, I, well, one of the privileges and probably one of the really difficult things of being a pastor is that you've sat on the bedside of many people who are um, dying or uh, kind of in that process. And I'd be curious, I've heard you share stories before. Have you ever had moments where you feel like you have witnessed them starting to see Jesus or starting to realize um, where they're going and can you share? Yeah, that? on more than one occasion, I, again, I would just say this, when a person passes from this life to eternity, especially when they know Christ is their Savior, those are holy precious moments. Mm -hmm. And I've had an opportunity, again, I, I'm always concerned about the fact that people always want to be there when a loved one dies. It's pretty hard to do, mm -hmm. in all honesty. You know, most people go in the middle of the night, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes when people have left them alone and those kinds of things. So it's difficult to do. And I don't think there should be any guilt when we haven't been there when a loved one passes. But on the few moments that I've had, um, it, there's something holy and precious about it. Um, it's really an extension of life. Again, we recognize that when people come to know Christ as their Savior, they're given eternal life in the here and now. And then they just simply pass over into the very presence of Jesus. And I've seen people reach up hands. I've seen people call out to Jesus. I've seen smiles on people's faces and looks in their eyes like I've never seen at any other time. So it, it really is a very special, precious thing. And I've often seen this, especially in true believers in Christ, where, where the closer they get to death, the more they become like Jesus. And people who don't know Christ, the closer they get to death, the farther they come from Him, even in the sense of longing for death or pulling away from death. Um, and, and certainly I've seen that in the final moments of their lives. Um, you know, there's several people I could cite, but one of them that really sticks with me was Myrna Buzzacom's husband, mm. uh, Buzz, we called him. <laughs> but when he passed in the presence of the Lord, there was this smile on his face, there was this look in his eyes mm. that you knew that he was rooted and grounded in Christ mm. and he was going home. Mm. I remember just hearing the story, I wasn't there, but you remember my great-grandma, Lou Morris, who we called her, she sang, what did she sing before? Yeah. She made everyone in the room sing This Little Light of Mine yeah, or something. Exactly. And then she uh, passed right after yeah. that. And I, I think when people know Christ, there's mm -hmm. a sense in which it, you long for that moment. Yeah. You look forward to yeah. it. And I think it gives great assurance to the people mm -hmm. uh, that are standing alongside yeah. of you as well. Yeah. Well, if you, um, just as we talk about this topic and dive a little bit further into this, I know that there have been people in this church who have lost really significant people in their lives. If you need prayer or if you uh, need a support group, we have Grief Share here at the church that you can be a part of. Just reach out on our website. We'd be 
more than happy to get you uh, plugged in and um, get you some supports around you because we know that that is an incredibly difficult thing to walk through. So thanks so much for joining us this week. Join us next week. We're going to take a further look at different ways that we can trust God right now. If you are encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org or download the Sunnybrook Church app. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.